Thanks, Heidi. Great to have Philippians in front of us. I'm just going to put my piece of paper here. Very good. Um, I'm going to, uh, going to pray for us and ask God to help us, and then I've got a question for you. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this time to turn our attention to your word. We pray, Father, that it would be living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. Father, that you might be shaping and challenging and changing us by your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's New Year's. Uh, has anyone uh, made a resolution to make a New Year's resolution? That's my question. Some people have. Fantastic. Uh, has anyone got their New Year's resolutions lined up already? Know what they are? Fantastic. I'm here to help you today. For those of you who are looking at me blankly going, oh my goodness, I didn't know I had to do homework before I came to church. Don't worry, I've got you sorted. That's what we're going to be looking at today. And so I wanted to think a little bit about New Year's resolutions. And this is the sort of uh, wonderful resolution uh, that comes from something like, say, Instagram. Uh, these are very important uh, kind of uh, resolutions like this one. Do more of what makes you happy. I mean, that, that's the sort of thing, you know, let's like that, let's share that. What a wonderful statement. Do more of what makes you happy. My, my reflection would be, uh, do more of what makes you happy. Hmm, has some implications, doesn't it? If you, if you strictly pursued, I'm going to do whatever it is that makes me happy, I suspect you would start to have a demonstrable impact on your life, wouldn't it, if you only did the things that make you happy? In fact, some of us are carrying a little bit of happiness around um, post-Christmas. Would that, would that be right? Nobody. Right, okay. Just me. Just me. So, but here's the thing. The, the, the headlong pursuit of happiness can leave us flabby, out of shape, feeling a little bit unwell, yeah, the headlong pursuit of happiness. And I guess I, I wanted to think, could it be the same? So, so we get that if I just indulge my Christmas appetite without any barriers whatsoever, do more of what makes you happy. Fruitcake makes me happy. Well, maybe it doesn't for, for some of you, but okay, so fruitcake, but may, maybe it's something else. What's your particular Christmas passion when it comes to food? You indulge that, right? And it, you'll leave a mark. And so I wonder with you this morning, could it be the same morally? Could it be the same spiritually? Could it be the same physically? That if we indulge in the nice but not essential, with no sense of balance, no sense of discipline, that the outcomes, although invisible, in, in the case of morality and our spirituality, will be just as impacted. Do you think that's possible? I'm talking to a church. I'm going to guess your answer is yes, right? I'm going to guess your answer is yes. So, but here's the thing. When it's obvious on me, I feel the need to do something about it. Where do we come to feel the need about the moral and the spiritual? Well, I guess that's why we're here today. And I suggest to you holidays are a time where we can get a little bit flabby aren't they? So let's think about our resolutions. And I want to ask you, what if seeking happy isn't good for us? Do more of what makes you happy. What if we're terrible at working out what's good for us? And so merely pursuing happiness is actually counterproductive. Maybe the opposite would be better. Maybe don't pursue happy. Pursue everything that is 
completely over the top and denying self, would it be better? I, I put this picture up uh, because this is, uh, there, there's a, a thing called being an ascetic. Have you heard of this? An ascetic is where you just deny yourself and you basically punish yourself as a form of spiritual discipline. Have you heard of this? Probably Australians haven't got a clue about this if we're completely honest, right? But okay, so the idea here is discipline your body to improve your spirit, okay? So basically we, we are harsh to ourselves. Would the opposite to do whatever makes you happy, would that be better for us? Okay, maybe not. I don't, I don't think necessarily that there's a great uh, upside to being incredibly harsh on your body. I, I, don't, think that's, I don't think that's the thing that, that we need to do. So well, why is that? Because the problem with being indulgent or abusive towards our bodies has something to do with where our focus is. And so either our self-love or our self-loathing put something right at the center. Me. I'm going to abuse me in order to, I'm going to indulge me. What are we talking about all the time? Me. I'm at the center of all of that plan. And I would suggest to you, anytime we enthrone ourselves as the central, most important thing in our lives, guess what? It won't help us. It isn't the way to a fulfilling life. And so in contrast to that, we have a different way. We talk about right worship, which takes me out of the focus and puts God as the most important person in our lives. Does this make sense? Now you can see that's quite different, isn't it, right? So even, even if you were to pursue the aesthetic path, your still focus is here mostly, right? We want to say, no, 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 it's not about me first and foremost. It's about God. I need to be honoring God, not keeping myself at the center of everything that's going on. So I want to encourage us that the path to a fulfilling life will actually be found not with a focus on ourselves, but with a focus on right worship on our good God. Jesus puts it this way in one of our, our favorite, well, one of my favorite verses anyway. In John 10.10, he says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Jesus' offer is something profoundly good for us. He's the only one who knows what is best for us because he made us. And so he says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so Jesus promises us a better way. He promises us a better way, but he does not promise us happiness, right? So the, the, the life to the full is not necessarily you'll be laughing and backslapping everyone until you go to glory. Now that might come as a shock this morning. But the life to the full that has God at the center and not me won't always be laughter and happiness. It will be good and it will be life to the full. See, the problem with the, uh, the way that the world regularly talks about New Year's resolutions is that we have a book and we can start the year by turning over a new leaf, yeah? 
I've talked to you about this. There's kind of an interesting thing that happens. I think as a, as a collective society, we start believing in the magic of our calendars, right? The magic of our calendars. I'll see if I can expand this a little bit with you. So the idea is I've been something for the last 12 months, whatever it is. But when my watch or your calendar flips over, something magical will happen and I'll be transformed into a new kind of person that I've been utterly unable to be for the last however long. Does this make sense? So it's a magic, it's a collective delusion, isn't it? All of a sudden, magically, I'm going to become someone better tomorrow. My, my encouragement to you would be, why didn't you do it earlier? You could have a six-month head start on your New Year's resolution if you decide to do it in June. Anyone? Are you with me? So, but no, 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 1st of January, new person. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn over a new leaf. I turn over a new leaf. Do you know what happens when I turn over a new leaf in the book of my life where nothing has changed? I just write the same stuff in it on a new leaf. It's very hard for me to be radically transformed. The book of my life has however many chapters prior. I turn over a new leaf and all of a sudden I'm writing something else. Unlikely. So I want to sort of just have a little gentle prod at the um, collective delusion that is calendar magic. And I want to suggest to you that if you hope to change by turning over a new leaf, I would suggest to you, you already know how good that is going to go. Thank you. Lorraine, you get me. Do you you understand? So you've tried this before, haven't you? You've tried to change. And how did it go? Well, here you are. So, So I would suggest we know how that works. And I want to suggest to you the way that we move forward is actually we need a new story. We don't need to turn over a leaf in the old book. We need a new book. We need a new story. We need to be made new again. And that only resides with our God, doesn't it? Because I've only got one book and I'm turning the pages over in my book. The only one who can give me a new story is God. He's the one who can give me a truly fresh start. And my encouragement this morning would be, if you're not yet a Christian, today is a great day to say, I would like to start a new story. And if you are a Christian, I want to get you today to consider involving the author in writing on the new leaf. Yeah? So what does the new story look like? What would it look like if you were living the new story? I've got three very impressive looking illustrations for you. Okay, you ready? You're going to like these illustrations. They're going to be hard to remember and they're very intricate. Okay, you ready? Here we go. That's the first one. First one is to deny yourself, okay? Because you aren't the most important person in the world. Life is best lived, is most full, is most joyful when God is the center of your life, not you. Deny yourself. Step number one. Step number two is worship God. So it's not just a matter of, I'm not going to put myself at the center. That's a, that creates a vacuum. We actually need to turn our attention somewhere else. We need to lift our eyes up from ourselves and say, God, you are most important. You'll be primary. You're the one I'm going to pour my heart and my energy out for this year. Deny self, worship God. Got the next illustration? Are you with me? Deny self, worship God. Fantastic. Ready for the next very difficult illustration? Here we go. Serve others. Now, I I did have quite an intricate hand with like a towel on it and a a cup on it. 
But here's the thing. What's the ultimate act of service that's ever been done? It's on the cross, isn't it? The Son of God who came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You want to find what service is? That, that is the shape of it, isn't it? The cross is the shape of service. And so our new story, if you want to live a truly fulfilling and happy life, is to deny self, worship God, and serve others. There's a path to happiness right there. That's the new story that I want to encourage you to write. Now, we have a way to think about writing that new story and living those values out. Um, This little brochure here is uh, called New Life Anglican Church, Your Guide to Living and to giving and living the message of new life in Jesus. And you can see on this side over here, we've got a banner. If if you're new with us, you wouldn't have noticed it, maybe. On that side, it says, giving the message of new life. And on this side over here, it talks about living new life for Jesus. And in our little brochure here, we have that tree laid out here. And we have a bunch of questions around the outside that can help you think about how to live out our values of being faithful, adventurous, compassionate, and enduring. And so let me encourage you, As you think about what does my God-shaped life look like, I want to encourage you over the next year to think about how am I going giving the message of new life? If I've found that the best life is found with God at its centre, would it be right for me to keep that to myself? So the answer to that is quite obviously no, good. So we want to be people who go, I didn't just find life to the full, I'm going to offer, I'm going to give the life that I've found to others. And so we talk about connecting with people. We take the first step. We talk about caring for them, seeking to be a blessing. Talk about communicating, speaking clearly about Jesus. And we talk about committing, inviting repentance, faith and baptism in the people that we share the message of new life with. So I want to encourage you this year, as you think ahead to 2018, how am I doing doing this? How am I helping people find the new life that I have found? Am I committed to giving the message of new life? And then on the other side over here, we've got these. Being faithful, where we talk about growing as an apprentice to Jesus. Adventurous, where we talk about daring in the spirit. Compassion, where we talk about living Jesus' call to love. And enduring, where we talk about winning the prize. I guess I want to say, we're going to get practical a little bit later on, but there are some great questions in this little brochure here which you can check out, which will help you think about that. So, for instance, uh, under, let me say, compassionate, one of the questions we ask is, who are you sharing a meal with who's yet to know Jesus? That, that's something you could do, isn't it? If you made your desire for the next year, Lord, make me more compassionate, we could say, uh, how are you bringing Jesus' love to the least? Have you got a way that you're expressing God's heart of love? So I want you to think about these things here. But I also want to encourage you, without transformation, they're no different. In other words, you could be pursuing these goals here out of a sense of guilt and obligation, either self-love or self-loathing. Everyone will think I'm a much better person at church if I do these. And I'll be able to say to the minister, hey, do you know what? I had some people around for dinner. And who am I exalting in that? So all I want to say to you is these aren't magical. If we've still got ourselves at the centre, then they don't advance us any more than the desires of the world. What we need to do is put God at the centre and bring him glory and honour. So without our transformation, they're no different. But I want to transform some. So I want to think about the sort of uh, things that might be on your 
uh, well, maybe not yours, maybe the world out there's, uh, New Year's resolutions. And so I've made them all Fs, okay? So some of these fit really well and some of them I've been a bit, you know, I've stretched them. So let me, um, let me offer you some. So maybe you make a resolution about food. What might be a resolution you make about food? Eat less. I thought you were going to say, I'm going to eat more of what makes me happy. So we might, we might say, hey, I'm going to focus on my diet this year. And that's okay. Focus on your diet. That's great. We read in Philippians 3, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. Here's all I want to say to you on that. No problems with having a diet. Go for gold. But if your diet makes your stomach your God, because it's controlling every part of your life, then I would say to you, it's out of order. And I would say to you, if you're going to eat, think about what you can do with hospitality. So using your home and your eating to be a way that you can be extending the kingdom. That's a way, I'm saying, deny yourself, no problems, and see if you can serve others in the process. Or what about fitness? Has anyone got any fitness goals for, uh, for 2018? Yeah, what are, we, what are we looking to do? 10,000 steps a day, is that right? Some people are nodding. Some people are going for much more than 10. You guys are really stretching it and you're up to 20,000 or some crazy thing, is that right? Okay, so you've got a fitness goal and that's good, okay? It's a great thing to do. Have a listen to what it says uh, in 1 Timothy 4. It says, physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So I would say to you, and even to me, some of you are willing to pour extraordinary amounts of time, energy, and focus into your physical fitness. And you're going to be taut and lean this year, and that's brilliant. Go for gold, okay? And I would ask you, what are you doing for your godliness that has equal energy? Physical training is of some value. Godliness has value for all things. And so if you're going to pour yourself into being physically fit, that's fine. I love that you're trying to be disciplined. Do it. Certainly deny yourself, but worship God in the process. And so I would say, take the discipline you're happy to extend to 10,000 steps a day and see if you can get 10 minutes of prayer in. If you can find that on an app for your watch or something, do that. That would be great. Well, what about family? Can I give you Jesus' biggest clunker on family? Okay, so here's the thing. What what we're talking about, love your families, by the way. Okay, love your families. Okay, love, do you hear me say love your families? Just, I want you to hear Jesus do the thing where he's saying anything that is not him can't be ultimate. Okay, that's the setup. Have a listen to what Jesus said. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Okay, what's Jesus saying? Bear with me, bear with me. What's Jesus saying? Don't start hating. I resolve this year to hate my family. No. I desire to love God more than my family this year. I will seek God first rather than just my family. Now, that shouldn't mean that we diminish family. That's naturally what we think the equation is. Oh, I've got to love my family. No, no, no. Lift God higher. Don't love your family any less. Lift God higher, yes? So... Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters, uh, the writer to the Hebrews said to the church. This can be a family too, yes? And so I want to encourage you, keep seeing church as family. Keep seeing church as family and let that inform your new year. 
Deny yourself, worship God, and serve others in this family as well as your own. Or what about finances? Has anyone got any financial goals? You don't need to call them out. Has anyone got any financial goals for 2018? Make sure I keep paying the mortgage. I'm retiring this year. Whatever it might be, you might, you might have some financial goals. Jesus, of course, says this very famously, doesn't he? He says, no one can serve two masters, either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What's he saying? Be diligent with your money, no problems. When it's ultimate, it's out of place. Can you be growing in kingdom generosity this year? Opening your money to the hand of the one in whom it is. Deny self, honour God. What about our friends? My, my friendship goal is to keep some friends at the, at the end of the year. Good, that's good, no problems. Some of you might have a uh, Facebook uh, friends goal, you're trying to get to a thousand or something like that, well done, that's fine. Probably not, actually. Um, all I want to encourage you with your friends is, do your friends know you love and cherish Jesus? In all the different spheres of your life. Do your church friends know you love and serve Jesus? Tick, well done, great, fantastic. Do the people in your social group know that? Where are you an anonymous Christian? Jesus says this, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in the father's glory with the holy angels. My encouragement to you would be own Jesus amongst your friends. Keep connecting. Keep finding space in your life for new people that you can name Jesus before. Honor God and serve those around you. Now, do you remember I told you everything was F's? The next one is happiness, but happiness doesn't start with an F. Did you notice that? So felicity does, though, and that means happiness. Fantastic. Maybe you've got a happiness goal. Good. Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So here's the, here's the trick with happiness. And I've been reading some bits and pieces in the New York Times and various other places about happiness. If you pursue happiness in its own right, you'll never get there. Happiness is a derivative product. I'll explain what I mean. If you make happiness central, you'll never find it. It'll always be a, a mirage on the horizon as you chase it. If you make serving God central, happiness will be derived from making God central, serving others and denying yourself. That's the path to happiness. If you pursue it in its own right, it'll always be a mirage. It'll always be an illusion. It'll always be just beyond your reach. He says, seek first the kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So I encourage you, be kingdom seeking this year. Denying, worshipping, serving. Some of you might have um, some success goals. I, I really want to be really very successful this year. And, and again, success doesn't start with an F, so I went with fame. Uh, you, want, you want to actually you want to go, I'd actually like to be really great at something. And, and at some level, go for gold, okay? When I ride my bike, I, I don't just ride it to turn my pedals over. I, I ride it to go fast and to go as fast on little bits of the road as I can and the little app I have on my watch tells me how fast I've gone and, and ranks me against other people. And I want to get some firsts in that. And I have no problems with that at all. But here's the thing. If my whole life is centered around coming first, about being successful, then I'm out of line. 
I'm not the one that I need to be lifting up. He is. Listen to two great words from Jesus on this. You'll know this one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. You want to be great, Jesus says, exalt God and love your neighbor. And then he says, this is the shape of the life. He says to them, anyone who will come after me must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. It's really important at this point, anyone who's thinking about being successful, keep being successful, that's fine. But following Jesus is about taking up your cross and dying as you follow him. Love God, love your neighbour, deny yourself. I want you to be here for the long run. That's about worshipping God and serving others, and this one's about denying ourselves. So therefore, I want to encourage you, let your New Year's resolutions be prayerful. Pray over them before you make them. Make them prudent. Make them wise. Let Proverbs inform you as you make your New Year's resolutions. Be prepared, and uh, I want to start you out. Now, at the back is actually a little worksheet for today. Some of you don't like worksheets. That's okay. Um, On the back table, can I get someone at the back uh, to pick them up and we can start stripping them around? Jeff, that'd be wonderful. Does anyone want to help Jeff? Lisa, Kathy, thank you. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, If you just grab a pile for each one and just pass them along, um, that'd be great. Uh, If you get, while they're coming out, I want to tell you how it works, okay? And just so you know, I found it really helpful. I filled in my own one already, okay? Really fun. Okay, so here's the thing. So basically, what I want to encourage you to do, if you're going to be prepared, you might as well think about your New Year's resolution. So you haven't thought about it, I'd love to help you. Here's what we're going to do. Um, so think about being faithful, adventurous, compassionate, and enduring. If you think about those areas and go, how could I, in this next year, do this better? Read some of the questions in our little brochure here. Pick a question out and say, I want to be better at, and, and the one I, I picked um, was praying daily. So let's give you, give you an example. So... I want to be praying deliberately daily. I pray every day, but I want to be praying more deliberately. Okay, so what's, what's my next step? So we write down the goal, and then we write down our next steps. So I need to update my prayer app. Forgive me, it helps me. If you're a journal person, go for gold. If you like sitting in your rocking chair and knitting as you pray, that's fine too. I don't mind how you pray. For me, I need a little app, okay? It's really good. I need to update my app. And I also need to practice doing that first before I do anything else in my day. I need to get better at doing that. And so there's two practical things I can do to make that New Year's resolution get underway. Do you get the idea? Okay, so start with those four, faithful, adventurous, compassionate, enduring, and then I'll give you three for free. How about that? Uh, The bottom three, make them anything that you want, and you can pick them from there. I've got some of the scriptures next to to these ones. You might uh, put fitness down there. You might put family there. Uh, You might put your finances, you might put something else. And then what I want you to do is have a look across and go, what's my practical next step for trying to do my New Year's resolution? Does this make sense? Okay. The trick is to ask God's help to keep them for 2018. It's not just I'm going to work hard. How about we prayerfully commit them to God and say, God, can you help me do this so that I might keep them in 2018? What I want to encourage you this morning is having a new life, being people who've been born again, should mean that we have truly new New Year's resolutions. They should be shaped by God, they should be informed by his word, and they should be for his glory. How about I pray for us? 
Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are interested in making us new. That you didn't just save us, but you're transforming us more and more to be like your son, Jesus. I pray, Father, as we resolve to do all sorts of things in this new year, that we wouldn't forget you and your priority for us. Heavenly Father, have mercy on us. Guide and direct us that our lives might be more pleasing to you. And Father, we ask that you would help us to keep them for your glory. And everyone said, Amen.